On Friday morning, just before 10, Steve Callums and his son Keegan sat side by side in the older man's living room in Westland, Michigan, a short drive from the Ford Motor Assembly Plant where they both work. One week into the strike, by 3,300 workers at the plant, they were anxiously awaiting an announcement from their union president on Facebook Live. Bent over his cell phone, 24-year-old Keegan tried to tamp down sparks of optimism. He knew better than to imagine that the strike, at that point limited to his plant and two others in Missouri and Ohio, would end quickly because the United Automobile Workers and Ford Management were so far apart. I know it's going to get more ugly before it gets better, Keegan said, taking a swig from a bottle of Pepsi. Steve, who is 54, turned toward him. Or let's be positive, he said, sounding decidedly dad-like. There's at least a chance that they could have come to an agreement. So, my name is Jenna Russell, and I'm the New England Bureau Chief at the New York Times. And the story I'm reading to you is a look at the UAW strike through two particular workers, a father and son, we wanted to visit with them and spend a little time with them for a couple of reasons to see kind of what this experience looks like in real time for the people who are living it, but also to explore some of the generational differences, both in the auto workers specifically, but also as that kind of mirrors the changes that are taking place in the workforce throughout the country where we're seeing some divergence and some interesting changes between older workers and younger workers who are coming up. And we see some of this in the story. I was able to spend some time with Steve and Keegan, both on the picket line and also at home. And what was striking is how they are really supporting each other through the strike, which for them is a total unknown because neither one of them has ever been on strike before. So the moment that I captured here was about a week into the strike, which began on September 15th against General Motors, Ford, and Stellantis, Chrysler's parent company. And I was able to be there when the strike went from just involving three particular auto plants to more than 40, was able to, to be with them at that moment that the strike was expanded and to capture some of their emotion through that. And as you surely know from reading about what's happening, the union is making a pitch for some really significant pay increases, about 40% over the next four years, new benefits, particularly for younger workers, and the elimination of the two-tiered wage system that the union agreed to put into place at a time in the 2000s when the company was really struggling. And so what the Callums told me and what other union members told me is that they feel like it's time now for the company to give back and restore some of those losses. So this is a historic moment, the first time in our country's history that a sitting 
USA president All right. has came out and stood on the pecking line. <laughs> the latest development in the story on Tuesday was that President Biden traveled to Michigan and appeared on the picket line with workers and UAW union members, which was the first time that a sitting president has joined a picket line. Every say many times, Wall Street didn't build the country, the middle class built the country. You built the middle class. Let's keep going. You deserve what you've earned, and you've earned a hell of a lot more than you get paid now. <laughs> this strike comes after a summer and a year when we really saw a lot of increased union activity. We've seen, of course, a lot of organizing campaigns in workplaces and industries that haven't had unions before. We've seen polling that shows increasing support for unions, particularly amongst the youngest workers. And part of why this strike is such a big story is that because of the size and prominence of the union, what happens, the outcome here, experts say will have a lot of ripple effects for other unions and workplaces across the country. So it's being very closely watched. I would say by having this opportunity to go to Michigan and to meet with people and talk with people firsthand, I found myself really interested in the question of where work is going. A really big question for the country right now and would really love to have the opportunity to delve into that again in future stories. And now I'll take you back to my story. With 28 years behind him at Michigan Assembly, an immense plant in Wayne, Michigan, 30 miles west of Detroit, that ordinarily churns out some of Ford's most popular SUVs and trucks at slightly faster than one vehicle per minute, Steve Kellums hopes to retire by the time he turns 60, and he dreams of buying a small farm in Tennessee. He was hired in 1994 before a downturn in the industry and a recession drove Ford into financial crisis and forced the union to make once unthinkable concessions, including accepting a two-tier wage system with lower pay for newer workers. When Keegan Kellums started at Ford in 2020, his pay reflected those tumultuous changes. He said he left Amazon, where he was making nearly $18 an hour as a packager, to start at Ford at just $16 an hour. His father said it pained him to see how much had changed since the days when a job at Ford Motor meant a comfortable middle-class life. He was making double his son's wages when Keegan was hired. 25 years later, they only offered him $3 more per hour than I got when I joined, Steve said. Is this the life I wanted for him? No. Now, the UAW is trying to eliminate two-tier wages, add retiree benefits for younger workers, and raise pay by 40% over the next four years to make up for the compensation loss to givebacks over time. Ford has said it cannot afford those proposals. On the picket line last week, outside the plant in Wayne, 
it was hard to find a union member who did not have two or three generations of relatives employed by the company. For much of its history, since it began offering factory workers $5 a day to build the Model T in 1914, Ford's wages and benefits allowed blue-collar employees to join the middle class. Jobs with the automaker were sought after. Turnover was low. Keegan has ties to Ford on both sides of his family. His maternal grandfather worked for 42 years at Michigan Assembly. His father's great-grandfather worked at another Ford plant in Dearborn. Keegan's first new car in high school was a silver Ford Fusion. To make his payments, he worked at the nearby Henry Ford Museum. As a boy, he imagined a future with Ford, but was taken aback when his father did not embrace his plan. My dad said, no, be something bigger than that. Go to college. I come home tired every day, the younger Mr. Kellums were called another day last week, sitting in the local union hall, near tables piled with food donated to striking workers. When Keegan was nine or 10 and the country sank into recession, the union agreed to help keep Ford afloat through a bad time. But members now say Ford never restored their losses when profits surged again, leaving them disillusioned and less able to get by. I knew something was going on, Keegan said of that time in his childhood. The big birthday parties got smaller. We stopped going to Cedar Point, the amusement park, for vacation every summer. After high school, he worked as a cashier at Dollar Tree, making minimum wage and living at home.